Thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women, a podcast that provides a platform for women of all walks of life to share their upbringings, life lessons learned, experiences, and journeys to come. Uncommon Women speaks on topics that can relate to all women. We share, we listen, we laugh, we cry, and we empower each other to be the best uncommon woman that they can be. Ultimately, we are cultivating a global movement of women supporting women. Women supporting entrepreneurship, relationships, self-love, and so much more. We inspire each other to make an impact on this world for the better. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Uncommon Women. Now, finally, grab a seat, get comfortable, and hear from your wonderful host, Shanira and Jenny Lee. Good evening, kings and queens. Thank you so much for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira. And I'm Jenny Lee. And today we have an amazing speaker that's going to uh, come with us today and just share her uh, transforming story uh, by the name of Amanda, who's a mother and business owner. Uh, she's going to share about growing up in a dysfunctional household with a narcissistic mother and then also going into her business as well as her relationship as well. Uh, so thank you so much, Amanda, for being a part of Uncommon Women today. Uh, before we get into your story, can you tell us a fun fact about yourself? Oh, Lord. Um, a fun fact. Well, at this moment, I feel like I'm in grade school and they ask you to stand up and say, hi, please say your name and three details about yourself. And I can't get past my name. <laughs> Okay, so let's, what is some hobbies that you enjoy doing? I love to do it all. I'm outdoorsy. I love to hike. I like to be lazy and eat in my bed. Yeah, in my bed. I eat in my bed, y'all. I <laughs> like to paint and draw, um, just be active. Anything that my ADD will let me do for the day. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. I love it. I like hiking and me generally like hiking as well. Um, do you have a specific hiking location that you like to go to, like your go-to outdoor place? I travel everywhere specifically to hike. I went to Costa Rica a few months ago just to hike. Oh, Costa Rica. Do you remember the location that you went to? I love to travel too. We I we we hit the whole the whole place up. Oh, so we we hiked on 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 one side, drove seven hours, hit up another place, took like. 600 something steps down to a waterfall. Yeah, it was wow. we did it sounds so peaceful. Yeah, sounds I've hiked so in Hawaii. I've driven all around the US just to go hiking. So I love it. Ooh, that that is a fun activity. And <laughs> eat in your bed. I do too. I get put some big TV show on or my yeah. series and it's so comforting. <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely is. So um before we get into everything that you know you've experienced, can you start off with your childhood? How was it, you know, how was your life growing up? My experience growing up was absolutely terrible. It was terrible. Mm -hmm. We were poor. I grew up poor, incredibly poor, like the no electricity, no running water, no gas for heat poor. We wow. lived in the worst possible sides of town because the rent was cheaper. And even still, we were evicted so many times. Our neighbors were crack houses and we dealt with drive-bys and just, it was insane. It was insane. Learned a lot. Lots of street smarts. Now um, with you living, you know, next to drug houses, was was there any part of your life where you wanted to see or experience that? Or did you just know that's from seeing it, that's not something that you wanted to do? Seeing it, seeing my friends fall into that, my mm. classmates fall into that. It was absolutely not something I had any interest in whatsoever. That's good. That's real good. That's real good. How was it now? Did you live in a single parent household or was you um, raised by both of your parents? Both parents uh, okay. should have been a single household, but but both parents, they definitely fed off each other's negative energy. Mm. They constantly would fight. We'd, my sister and I would be woken up at four in the morning on a school day, having to call the cops because my mom has a gun to my dad's head or she's beating wow. him with a baseball bat or 
anything, anything you can think of. It, I begged him so many times to just please get a divorce and take us with him. But wow. No, they, they're still married. They're, they're still, still married. married. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Jenny. I see you. Um, <laughs> I said, even though that they're still together now, has anything changed uh, since, you know, childhood uh, from them being together now? Changed with my parents, yes. their, their, their relationship. No, my, <laughs> no. The only thing that has changed is that I've taken myself out of that equation. Mm, okay. wow. So my dad's still there. I have no understanding as to why he's still in the relationship. And my mom is still abusive. So mm. nothing's changed. So How was your mother raising you and your siblings? Uh, was there... Did you have like that mother daughter relationship or bond or not with me, okay. with my sister, my sister, she's 18 months okay. older than I am from as far back as I can remember. My mom has drilled into me the fact that I should have been aborted, that wow. she was actually on her way to her abortion appointment when she got a knock on the door from uh, Jehovah Witnesses. They had a pamphlet about abortion and how it was wrong. So she didn't go. She missed her appointment. And uh, it, it was just that her loving my sister in front of me, hugging my sister in front of me, telling her how much she loved her. But then walking past and giving me the cold shoulder and wow. saying, I don't have to tell you I love you. I don't have to tell you those things. I'm just like, oh, OK. Wow. <laughs> so she just basically telling you like she never wanted you and just that kind of stayed embedded in you as a child. That's Oh, she, she reminded me every moment, even if it wasn't verbally, her actions just reminded me that mm. she didn't want me, that I, I was, I was only good enough to do for her. Mm. If, if I was doing something for her, then great. I, I, I graduated valedictorian of high school and that mm. gave her bragging rights. So for, for a short time, she, accepted me and oh that's my daughter and, and look at her and then I did beauty pageants and I would win queen and it was look at my daughter look how beautiful she is she's winning queen but other than that there's she would tell me you're not my daughter you're not my daughter wow so that moment that they knocked on your door that was God saving you that was God loving you and yeah yeah and I and I'm a Christian and you're supposed you know, to be here no, you're, you're, you're every, you know, you're supposed to be here. That moment that that day happened for a reason. And I spent, I mean, I'm 20 plus years wondering why, 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 why? Mm -hmm. And then growing up in that situation, why did I have to continue to deal with those issues? Right. What's the point? What was the point? You know, but there had to be one. So I'm still here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Did you grow up having resentment towards your father for not protecting you through those years? He, yes. I mean, he's he's my dad. I love him because he's my father. I absolutely. I mean, my mom is. You know, I don't. I don't even speak to her. But I will talk to my dad. He'll. He's still there. Do I resent him? Growing up, he was not a man. He was not a man to me. Mm -hmm. He was a figure in the house, but he wasn't a man. Mm -hmm. And I carried questionably, you know, what is what is a man? What what, what does that look like? Because that it's not my dad. Yeah, I think it's the the resentment of you know not him protecting you and taking your side and telling your mom like this is wrong like you shouldn't be treating your child this way and you know and he allowed it yeah he never he never stood up he never never stood up for us I in in high school and in, in my beginning years of college I was in an abusive relationship thinking it was normal and I used to cut myself and I, I tried to kill myself and he knew about it. I mean, my parents knew about it. My mom bought me a knife set and said, here, go have fun in the closet. What? And my dad never, he, I, 
he never stopped her. Oh my god! Never. <laughs> it was it was nothing. So she wanted that. That's what that's what that's what she wanted. Mm -hmm. She wanted to be the victim. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. wanted to be the victim. So right. yeah. And then with you having another sister that you said she's eighteen months older than you. Mm -hmm. How was your relationship with your sister? Chaotic. She mm -hmm. was jealous of me, she, and she would constantly. And we would get in fights all the time. Uh, I'd let her push me around because I just I was passive. I was so passive when I was younger. She'd hit me at school. Uh, she would try to beat me up in front of her friends, but I would do her homework. I wanted her approval as much as I wanted my mom's approval. She was just as cruel as my mom was. Mm. Older, the older that we get. Um, and since we've both removed ourselves from that household, she's a different person as well. Okay. Mm. We speak and, and we get like it's her kids that are living with me. Mm -hmm. So we get along, but we don't have that sister bond. Mm. Okay. Okay. And you mentioned to her about being jealous towards you. At that, it's mind-boggling how you say that because you know your mom did not want you. You know she right. she treated her like the favorite child. You know mm -hmm. and was doing probably everything for her. You know and you were just getting cheated out on everything. Yeah, I made better grades. I was just an overall better kid. I, 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 I strived for that acceptance. And she struggled in school and mm -hmm. she was not popular. She was mean and she was one of those mean girls in, in, in the crowd at school. And so we were completely different, completely different. And she wanted... I don't, I don't know. She, and I hate to say this, but I don't, she wasn't as strong mentally as I was. And I think mm -hmm. that, because mm -hmm. she wanted my mom's approval as well. I mean, I'm not saying my sister had it good. Right. She had it better. Okay. But. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then with your mom, you know, trying to have control of everyone in the household, did she have a relationship with her parents? Cause it sounds like she may have had some brokenness maybe from the foundation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. To control everything, you know, and everyone. <laughs> I have kept that in mind. She is the second of eight. Her mom did not want her. Mm. her when Look she was born, my aunt told my sister and I, because my older aunt told my sister and I that when my mom was born, the day in the hospital, my grandmother looked at her and said, I, I don't want her. She's the devil. I don't want her. What? And she gave her away. She, my great aunt raised my mom mm -hmm. who was the most loving and caring and giving person ever. This lady was, she took care of everybody around her until she died. But my mom, and I get it. She struggled with that as well. She had a mother that didn't want her. Right. Right. She's broken. Mm -hmm, completely. Mm -hmm. completely broken. It's Looking back now and not being in the house, how is your relationship with your parents? I don't talk to my mom. Don't talk to your mom. At all. I do not reach out to her. Every now and again, she'll send me a text, but it's nothing personal. She'll share a video from TikTok because she's on TikTok now, or she'll just share something with me and I, I don't respond. My dad, I speak to him. Okay. He'll ask about my kids. He actually wants to have lunch on, on Monday. So okay. I'm going to go see him. But again, it's not, he, he's trying and I'm yeah. accepting that. I'm accepting that. So, and you may be the blessing to, for him to finally walk away. Yeah. No, <laughs> not. I'm going to walk away. I, I bought my parents a house back in 2017. And this is when I, I cut the ties with my mom. I, mm -hmm. I bought them a house, everything brand new, new, you know, wow. everything was new, new construction. And my, and I, I, I was in college. I worked three jobs so that I could pay mm -hmm. my bills and pay her bills. I got married and I was still paying her bills. I wow. got divorced and I was wow. still paying her bills. So 
I told myself I'm going to buy her a house because they they were their house needed a lot of work. So I told myself I'm going to buy her a house. I had already gotten her a car, done everything possible that a good daughter can do. And I told myself, this is it. This is this is what's going to cut those ties. If she's ungrateful, which is her history, then I'm done. I'm not talking to her anymore. And that's what I did. I bought her a house. I surprised her with it, drove her up, gave her the key. My dad was super excited and grateful. And even my aunts and uncles were calling me like, I can't believe you did this for your mother. Like Mm -hmm. your mother, I can't believe Mm -hmm. you did this. And she never told me thank you. She complained about it. She turned her nose up at me. So I said, that's it. That's it. I'm done with you. You're not going to know your grandkids. And she's clearly okay with that. So. Mm, Wow. So you went, so you, because you love your mother, Mm -hmm. you love your parents. That's a strong word, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And you go and you buy them a home and that happens. Oh my goodness. I still love you because you didn't want them to struggle. You didn't want them to, you wanted them to have a better home based off of their conditions that they currently had. I didn't want, I didn't want to feel obligated to have them move in with me. Oh, oh okay. It's much easier <laughs> to buy them a house and say, here, this one, uh-huh. this one, everything's new. It'll last you till you die. Don't call me up for anything else. I felt, and yes, it, it wasn't out of love. It, it was out of, it was one more attempt to get my mom to notice me, mm. to get her to say, well, you know, that's my daughter. I love her, but that never happened. So that was it for me. Like, I just, I, I, that was just it. So. Wow. Wow. So moving forward and, you know, fast forwarding your life and, you know, witnessing everything that your parents went through as you were a child did that play an impact on any of your relationships? How was relationships and how was dating as you got older? I think that I was drawn to every dysfunction that came my way. I dated in college. I This guy that beat me for four years, beat me up for four years. I tried to break up with him several times. He would show up at my house. Uh, he kidnapped me at gunpoint took me, um, dropped me off in a, an abandoned stadium that where I grew up was known for prostitution and, and drug deals. And just, you didn't go there, especially at night. But he, he, he beat me up and he left me there. And a cop was patrolling the area just so happens. And he found me and he's like, you don't look like you belong here. I was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't at all. Um, so even after him, I dated somebody else who knew about that and was like, I'll never treat you that way. But in the first two months, he beat me too. And then I left that. And I just thought it was normal. I thought it was normal. I thought this was my life. And my parents didn't teach me otherwise. I don't know what love is. I'm 40 right. years old. I don't know what love is still. I love my kids. They're my kids. I love my kids but that I don't know what it is to be loved back. Mm-hmm. I know they love me because I'm their mom, but they don't, that concept with children and, and parents, as opposed to a, a spouse, that's different. I, I don't think I've ever had it. I don't know what it is. So yeah, it's, it affected me. Absolutely. Wow. And you, did you marry any any of those type of men or the guy? I married my mom. Explain I married my mom. <laughs> I need some details oh, on this. How, he, how was that relationship? Was he, he, was he like that in the beginning or? Yes and no. Yes okay. and no. The, the night of, I, I saw the signs before we got married. The night of my wedding, everybody standing at the altar, the groomsmen, the bridesmaids, he's standing there. My dad's, they're waiting for me to walk down the aisle with him and I'm in my room and I took my dress off. And I'm like, I, I can't do this. The photographer has a picture of my dad and I coming out and my head's down 
And I'm whispering to my dad, like, please don't make me do this. Like, I, I can't do this. I can't marry him. He he's he's terrible. He, you know, reminds me of, of my mom. And I know that it's never going to change. And people just kept saying it's cold feet. It's cold feet. And my dad's like, you're, you're fine. You're fine. You know, if my child's walking down the aisle and they're like, they can't, they're telling me they can't do it. Okay, babe, we're turning around. Right. You know, because those instincts wow. are there. Right. And, and they just kept going. They kept going. Everything was my fault. He put me down one day. I was not pretty enough. I was too fat weeks after having our first kid. And then the next day I was everything. And it was just this mental roller coaster with him. I wasn't allowed to work. I wasn't allowed to, to do anything that would take the attention away from him. If I went to work, then who's going to cook and clean and match his clothes for work? Wow. Who's going to handle his businesses and everything else if, if I'm not home? He was, he, and he'll tell you to this day, he's a narcissist. He's proud of it. So, and he and my mom get along. Perfect. They're best of friends. Oh, they seemingly have a, yeah, they're best friends. Because I'm, I'm, I'm the problem. So I'm and that equation for them. People too. He, yeah. They gravitate oh, yeah. to each other. That's what he that was. Well. So I don't know what, where his hurt comes from, but he grew up well. Oh, he grew up well. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Jenny. So, you know, marrying this guy when you felt as though, personally felt as though he wasn't the right one. And, you know, you still continued because everyone was like, you know, it's the day, just marry him. Anywhere in that transition, did you feel low self-esteem? You know, obviously by him going up and down like a roller coaster with your emotions. But did you feel low self-esteem even before getting into a relationship with him? I've never had a self-esteem. I have mentally been conditioned and, and beat down my entire life that my feelings don't matter. I don't matter. Um, I, I, I'm just worthless. So getting married and being convinced that it was just cold feet I thought, yeah, you know, maybe it is. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what a relationship is. I don't know what a marriage is. Maybe I'm making it up. Maybe this is normal. Maybe this is this is the life I'm supposed to, to be at and, and have kids and just get past his the way that he was treating me. Just get past it you know, do what he wants and everything's going to be fine and he's going to be happy. I never told that man no until the day that we separated. And I want the kids were were in school. They were older. He had cheated on me several times. <sighs> Swore to never do it again, would do it again. Swore to never do it again, but then tell me, you know, I'm going to keep doing it. But I don't want to divorce you. I don't want anybody else, but I am who I am. And so I told him, I said, all right, you know, you are who you are. The kids are older. You're, I'm not going to change you. Nobody's going to change you. I'm going to start my own business. It's time that I focus on me. And he told me no. And I said, well, then you can leave and we're done. Mm. So that was that. And that was nine years in. We were, to, we were married for nine, nine years. years. Nine mm -hmm. years. Wow. Where did you get the courage to just actually get up and leave and start your own business? Because I was tired of crying every night every night and knowing that I had so much potential to be something mm -hmm. it was going to waste because I, because I'm a mom and because I'm a wife, there's, there's, am I not supposed to exist? Right. So do I just sit and continuously put up with what I believe is normal, but I know it's not normal. I, I know that we didn't, we didn't have a normal marriage. I was compliant. And I was passive and I put up with it to keep the peace. But then I was done. I was done with it. So the day he left, 
he had somebody come pack his things. He left. The next day I was online starting my LLC and doing what I needed to do. Good. That's good. And now with you being home and, you know, before you had your LLC, what was it? How was the transition? Like, how were you able to actually just get up and leave? Did you have to work a little bit or you had money saved? Like, how did that transition happen? Because he didn't want you to do anything but just cater to him. Right. But the upside to that, trusting me completely to cater for him, he didn't pay attention to our accounts. Mm, come on. And so I was paying the bills. I saw what we had coming in. I knew what we had going out. He had no idea. And I knew after he cheated, I knew that that was it for me. And I told myself one year, one year to get myself together because I, I, I quit working when we got married. So I needed one year and I started funneling money and putting money aside, little amounts here and there. And then I got braver and just started really taking chunks of money. So hey girl, I was about to, I'm cheering for you. Like that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you, did you have both of your boys at this time of your transition to moving out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had them both. What was his response? <laughs> Well, I didn't move out. He moved okay. out. Oh, yeah. okay. No, okay. He moved out. He came and got his things and he left. So we had a house and then also a condo on the water. He moved into his condo. And within that week, I started divorcing him. I, I started, I got a lawyer. We filed the paperwork. Like that was it for me. I, I knew we were done. There's, there's no going back. I know some people teeter and, right. well, let's, you know, you move out and, and let's, Let's separate while I was no, I was done. That was it. Fed up. You definitely were fed up. No hug goodbye, no nothing. Get you were over it. Out. <laughs> yeah. You were definitely fed up. You definitely fed up with it. And then said, you know, live those same experiences that your father went through when you were talking about the gunpoint. That reminds me of the situation that your mom did with your your dad. And it's just yeah. like to live it twice. You, you were, you were, you were definitely fed up and not just to live it twice, but for the person that you marry and your spouse and who you think is going to be your forever spouse to, to tell somebody those secrets, which you do when you're that closely involved right. and then to use it against you. Mm -hmm. That's what hurt. That's what hurt. And I think that that's what really I was, I, I couldn't anymore. You're not you're, you're taking what I'm using. You're taking all of the emotions and, and how I grew up. And you're using that all against me. That's For exactly what he did. He studied you. Yeah. You gave him the answers to the test and then he used it against you. Yeah, wow. absolutely. So sad. How is the relationship? Uh, you have two boys. How was the relationship with your boys and, and your ex-husband? When we were together, there was no relationship. He was not involved. He didn't feed. He didn't bathe. He didn't put them to bed. He didn't play with them. He he didn't do anything. Now that we're divorced, he is involved. Now he doesn't do their homework. He hires somebody for that. He hires somebody to bring them to school. He hires somebody on his wow. end to go buy the clothes and do the shopping. So he's involved but it's more like a fun uncle involvement. Mm -hmm. The kids go over there and they have fun at, at daddy's big house that has a bowling alley and a pool with a slide and all these toys, you know, that, that they want. And, and he runs out and buys it and let's go on vacation. Okay. Where do you want to go? So he's wow. involved. He's paying for their love, but that's probably mm -hmm. not even their Basically. love. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not the kids had a project at school. And I think it was for Mother's Day last year. And, and they said five things why you love your mom. Why do you love your mom? And my youngest, he's so sensitive and so sweet, uh, but also has like major anger issues. So like at the drop of a dime, he'll be screaming for no reason. But one of the five things was because she disciplines us. Mm. She teaches us about God and she loves us. And, you know, he put like she's pretty and then something else. But the discipline is what really stood out to me, because what kid says, I love you, mom, for disciplining us. It's the structure. He, he, yeah. Yeah, they, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, they definitely yeah, I, need it. I, I, I agree. He appreciates it. Go ahead, Jenny. Mm -hmm. It's the structure. Like you said, I mean, kids, 
kids need structure and he sees that he he watches you he watches yeah. other kids watch their parent you know sometimes we think oh you know we're failing as parents and we're doing this and we're doing that but our kids really sit there and they watch us and everything that we do and what we're teaching them and he he's noticing that you know my mom really she loves me and she takes care of me and she disciplines me in the right way that I should go. So and that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we have moments where I have anxiety. I have short patience. I'm not. Don't praise me. I'm not a great mom. I, I have my meltdown moments. Parents don't come with manuals. No, no. Listen. You get me mad to that point, and I tell you three or four times nicely. After that, yeah. I'll cut you out because I didn't told you four or five times. <laughs> yes, and and I'm I'm quick. I mean, I have my mom's temper, and as much as I don't want to repeat, and I'm not repeating that cycle. There, there are moments, and so we have dinner. Um, we have dinner all the time, but once a month, we bring up the topic: What can I do different? Y'all are growing. Your needs are changing my needs are changing and I expect more out of y'all the older that you get. Your needs are also changing the older that you get. So tell me what as a mom do you expect out of me? And I'm going to tell you as a child what I expect out of you. Y'all are muted. Okay. Oh, I'm just yeah. cheering on like, yes, girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry if you might hear some noise in the background. So that's why I'm trying to mute it. <laughs> Sorry about that. But yeah. I mean, just doing that, that that's, I feel like that's helped us because they feel that they can come to me and talk to me. And if they're like, mom, you're being a complete B, obviously they can't say that word, but they can come up to me like, mom, look, last night or last week you were yelling at us and, you know, it was unwarranted. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. overreacted or you did this. And I get to step back and be like, oh my God. Like, yeah, you're right. I did do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But here's what you did to push it. So right. let's not do that again. <laughs> but you're accountable too. Oh, yeah. yeah the love comes in because you didn't get that, you know, mm -hmm. growing up. You, she just was like, well, I didn't want you any, you know, she deflected the situation instead of taking, you know, ownership in what she was doing wrong as a parent. Uh, yeah. I could never approach her. Never. If, if she did something that hurt my feelings and I would cry, it, why are you crying? Why, why are you, stop crying. There's, what, don't talk to me. You know, and it's just like, okay, okay. Mm. Never going to share my feelings to anyone ever again. Thanks, mom. Right. Mm. And I love how you're, when you, you know, how you do that process with your kids, how they make you sit back and reflect, like, on yourself. And like, am I really doing that? Mm -hmm. And I love that, that how they can point that out to you. And I think it's very important as a parent to do things differently when we were kids, you know? So once, like, just basically to stop the cycle, but also to, you know, have a different relationship that you, which you have for your kids than you didn't have with your own parents. And I love how you are doing that and allowing your kids to, you know, but like, well, mom, this is what you're doing. And, you know, and they're basically holding you as well as well as accountable, you know, for the things that you do to them and allowing them to express themselves. That's very real. They have a safe space with you. Yes. Yeah. And that's going to open up for them to be more vulnerable as they get older, as they go through stuff with relationships, yep. as they mm -hmm. may go through stuff with low self-esteem. It opens up doors for you to be able to build a better relationship with your kids so that you can teach them what you didn't have. I want them also, they, they need to know what they're looking for. They need yes. to be able to mm -hmm. identify and in, in, in their future mates, you know, right. or their, their best friends who might not be their best friends. I need them to be able to recognize and and notice things that aren't that aren't okay you know I, I can't get mad and yell at my kids and then go hug them that's that's that emotional roller coaster i can't mm -hmm. do that so it's i'm gonna fuss at you because you pushed me to that point but i'm also gonna explain to you what led me there and i re i overreacted i'm sorry you know but also i hold me please hold me accountable that that's all yeah. i want because 
if you don't, and I even tell my friends this, like, what does this outfit look like? Don't lie to me because I'm going to have this false representation of myself. Yeah. I need honesty. Everybody needs honesty. And I want my kids to be honest with me because that's the only way that I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow with them and give them what they need. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I mean, every parent should have that with their child, that safe pay, that safe space and be able to come tell you anything, you know? Sometimes we don't want to hear everything they say. Nope. But <laughs> sometimes I think having those also having those uncomfortable conversations are the best to be able because that comes to an understanding of your relationship between mother and child, you know, and how far you can take it as well. And I think that's very important, you know, that you're, and I applaud you for doing that, even with them being at a young age, you know? Thanks. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So let's, let's get into the good part of, you know, transitioning, <laughs> transitioning from a divorce and, and starting your business. First off, what made you want it to start a boutique business? So I didn't want a boutique. So I started with skincare. I have been forever since I can remember making my own soaps naturally. Okay. Natural ingredients, making my own soaps, my own skincare, my own natural remedies. And this was something that I was really passionate about. So that's, that was my first business. When, when he left, I was like, this is what I'm doing. I put together my, my skincare routine I met um, with a factory in Florida with their chemist and they took my ingredients and then they added their own to it that would make it better. And they bottled it and they did all that. So, wow, I was going in to a storefront right before COVID hit. I had everything set up, the inside ready to go. Uh, Mm. We were going to have our grand opening the week that we got shut down. And that was devastating. That was devastating. This was my one chance to prove not just to my ex-husband that I could Mm -hmm. do something without him, but to everybody else, everybody else. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So I said, okay, there's always a bright side. So I'm going to use this opportunity now and and see what I need to do to go online. Because I'm not going to open the store and sit idle for two years Nobody can come in or out. I'm just going to shut that door and start over. So I did. I researched. It took me a year. I researched. I found vendors. I thought that it would be a good idea for me to open up an online boutique and then funnel my skincare through that, through my website. And that's that's exactly what I did. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. Okay. So you still got your skincare going on. Yeah, I do. What emotions were you going through, you know, when COVID hit right before your grand opening? I felt lost. Mm. Like, what is happening? Why is this happening? Is this not meant to happen? It, am, am, how am I going to prove everybody wrong if I can't right. prove everybody wrong? And so that just made me want to try harder. I have to prove you wrong. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get there. You were so, determined. Look at you. you got to that, just, that just motivated you even more to just yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. I had to do it. Okay. So from, you know, from with COVID hitting and, you know, doing everything online, how did all that turn out? It turned out really well. I make my second year in December. My first year, I did a market. At the end of my first year, I did a market. So last December, I was invited to do um, like what they call a mistletoe market. So I had my booth set up and it went really well. I'm on Facebook. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Instagram. And though my social media presence really sucks because I'm not a social media person, like I'm still trying to figure out how to use it. But other than that, everything's going really well. I I have a lot of support from my friends. I wish my family supported me more, but that is what it is. Mm -hmm. 
and a lot of strangers. And the, the, they, they say you'll get more support from strangers than you do from those that know you. And that's I'm absolutely well correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. My very first customer was a stranger and yep. she has been a repeat customer. Yes. Yeah, so. have a place to people in your life for you, for your yep. business. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> he would definitely believe me. He would definitely, people will come, will come out of nowhere and you'll be like, wow, you know, but it, yeah. it's amazing what he can do, you know. Yeah. yeah. So now, aside from having my boutique where I sell, you know, headbands and clothing and accessories, I, uh, I paint and I'm, I used to paint. And I'm getting back into it. So now I paint hats. I, I paint on felt hats, you know, the wide brimmed ones. And that's doing really well. I okay. have Ooh. orders that I just can't keep up with. So I'm very, <laughs> very excited about we that. We are not complaining. These are good things. <laughs> no complaints. No complaints. So. It's, it's definitely keeping you busy. <laughs> yeah, in a good way. So everything's going well. I'm, I'm in a good place. And, and that's that. So I'm happy. Good, so good. looking back at everything you've experienced in life, what do you believe was the most challenging part and how did you actually surpass it? Getting past the need for my mother's approval. Mm. Getting past that. I feel like I spent my entire life up until the age of 37 thinking that everything I did would turn her around and I can't help her. I can't help her. And so that was the hardest part. Mm. And accepting that I don't need her approval. I don't need her. I don't need her. Mm. I don't need anybody. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm not saying like, I don't need anybody, you know, whatever. Yeah. But the reality is you don't need anybody. You don't. You can do it yourself. You can't rely on other people to do for you what you need to do. Mm, I like that. So that was a struggle to get past, but I'm past it. So mm. That's good. That's good. I like that. You definitely, you know, you definitely have come a long way and through, you know, growing up in a dysfunctional family and you know, meeting someone that was just like that, you know, sometimes you get stuck in the place like that, but you walked away from all of that and was like, I'm going to do better for myself, you know, and I see you, how you, you overcome so much, you know, being a single mom, you know, with two little ones and you've come so far and that is amazing. I didn't ever want to feel like I was stuck ever again. I hate that feeling. I don't, I don't, I don't ever want that again. Mm. And so I'm not. Mm. Wow. So if you can give advice to anyone, you know, on wanting to give up, because I know at times in life, that's where you want to give up because of the way there's so much dysfunction in our lives, you know, we don't know where to go, where to turn. And, you know, sometimes people give up. What advice can you give them? Just the easiest thing. Don't, don't, don't give up. Don't. It's effing hard. Yeah. It is hard. <laughs> the process is hard, but it's not meant to be easy. If it were easy, there, there'd, there'd be no room for doubt. I mean, nothing, nothing is easy. Yeah. Just keep, just keep going for it. You'll get there. You'll get there. I love that. And I love that. I love that you kept pushing, you know, you kept pushing for yourself and looking at everything that you went through, what is some things that you're most proud of about yourself? Cause you have no support from your family. You have friends, but what is the most, what, what keeps you striving? You know, I, look at myself and I, despite everything, I'm not a negative person whatsoever. I will give anybody anything and I do. And I always have, I'm not resentful. I'm not 
thinking, I don't, I don't think that I'm owed anything. I don't play the victim. I can, but I don't. It's just a waste of energy. So if I can say that I'm proud of myself for anything, it's just still having a, basically a good attitude, a good attitude and a good outlook and a positive outlook, because that's that's necessary. Once you lose that that positive thinking and, and you let yourself dwell on the negativity and that resentment eats at you, mm-hmm. that's not good. Wow. Yeah, that is very true. But but at least with you, you didn't hold any kind of resentment. You did not, you know, you could have, but you didn't. Oh, I could have been in a lot of places. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a lot of places I could have ended up. Mm-hmm. But again, no, I have bigger plans. And yeah. I love how you didn't let your story or your childhood victimize your outcome on things because it kind of like lit a fire in your lit a fire in you <laughs> lit a fire in you to strive to do things for yourself and then you know once you had your children to make a difference to break that generational curse and then be able to build on a better relationship and then then to start your own business you know that's a big thing you know especially with you know, no support because a lot of people, we they get discouraged when they don't have any family support or they don't have the support yeah. that we expected when you go into starting something for yourself. So to have that determination to not give up and to strive, that's that's amazing. And I'm sure your your boys see that. Your boys it, definitely see it. Yeah, it, it, it's hard. It's hard. It's, it is discouraging not to have that family help. I have cried a lot. A lot. I <laughs> have cried a lot. And that just makes me want to keep going because I need to prove somebody wrong. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I that keeps it. me going. Yes. So can you give us where we can, can you share your um, online business and where we can find your products? I am on Facebook. Um, now, again, I don't know if it's like www.facebook.slash whatever. <laughs> Uh, but it's blue, blueboutique.shop. I think you can type that into Facebook and it'll come up. Uh, this okay. is my website, blueboutique.shop. Um, I'm on Instagram. It's it's blue cotton because everything else was taken. I love <laughs> it. I- blue cotton. <laughs> I don't know why. I like it's different. Mm. I like it. Was blue your favorite color? I'm just wondering. It is. Okay. Okay. I was just wondering because I like I like blue boutique. I think that's really dope. Thanks. Yeah, I like it too. It's different. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and um, thank you so much, Amanda, for coming on and speaking on your story. Uh, and you know, and not allow, not allowing you know, your childhood to dictate where you are now, you know, and I hope someone can take heed this evening to your story. And we have a question we ask all our guest speakers. What makes you uncommon? Oh, so this was very difficult for me to think about and answer. So I had to ask <laughs> my best friend. No! I had to. I had to. So I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you what she wrote. Aw. She says, what makes you uncommon? Well, so many things. But the first that jump at me is that you are somehow both a social chameleon, able to adapt to most social settings flawlessly and true to yourself in all circumstances. People get a different side of you, but they always get a real side. That is pretty incredible. People are usually either unable to adapt or fake about it. You have an unbelievable capacity to forgive and move on. You are always putting yourself forward no matter what storm you are facing and how down you feel. You are a force of nature. In brief, you are a lioness, the definition of a strong woman, strength and femininity. Mm, I like that. So, I like it too. <laughs> I like that. Okay, okay. Shout out to best friend. Go best friend. Yes, bestie. Go best friend. She's great. She's great. She's always sending me stuff and it makes me cry. And I'm like, yeah. you think yeah. that way? She's the and, best. And I love how she put in um in details of 
your personality being nature because you love nature walks. <laughs> yeah, so like, that tied into I didn't we didn't even know that was gonna go like that. But <laughs> yeah. I love it, you know. <laughs> and sometimes um, we it's always that one friend that we have in our lives that just sees us for who we really are, and sometimes we don't see it, but they see it. And how she described you, it was just beautiful because that shows how much she admires you and like she just takes her time to just uh in detail it was just so detailed and that is amazing no i i her and i i think we share souls I, we had to have long before we were born she mm. knows me like nobody else she knows me better than i know myself mm. and so that's when i'm in doubt or just not feeling myself like she knows exactly what obviously she knows exactly what to say right. mm. so. that was spot on i love mm. it yeah my yeah. best friend right. <laughs> my best friend <laughs> so, um thank you again for speaking and coming on and it was an honor to have you on here amanda um you know keep doing what you're doing um Shanera, do we have any um comments or from the audience let's check just a whole bunch of hearts nope no comments thank you again for uh speaking your story amanda uh, keep doing what you're doing and to our audience thank you for tuning in and make sure you have to come out and check out our Apparel at www.uncommonwomen.net, as well as go out and check out our YouTube channel, Uncommon Women Podcast. Make sure you like and you subscribe, as well as if uh, you or anyone that would love to come on our platform to speak on any awareness, or if you know uh, anyone that comes on and wants to share their stories, make sure you come out. Um, you can come out um, and reach us at our email at w. I mean. Uncommon women, uncommon three women at gmail.com. Sorry about that. I was going to say the website again. <laughs> and don't forget, everyone, stay uncommon. Bye.